Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the gifts and the talents that you've given to Ron, Regina, and to Mark, for how they've reminded us in song to look unto the hills for all that we need, beginning now and to eternity. Lord, I pray that as we open your word today that our hearts and our minds will be directed to you, that we will trust you, they will recognize the many blessings you give us, and we will respond accordingly. In your name we pray, amen. George W. Baines, the great-grandfather of former President Lyndon Baines Johnson, had the privilege of leading the famed General, General Sam Houston to the Lord. It is reported that Sam Houston, the, the general of the Texas Revolution, turned from a coarse and belligerent and difficult individual to a peaceful and content human being. Upon being baptized, General Sam Houston offered to pay half the local minister's salary. When General Houston was, was asked why he would do such a thing, he responded that it was not just him that was baptized, but his pocketbook was baptized as well. You might have noticed that we've only just begun the presidential election season. Seems like actually we begin that presidential election season the moment the previous election ends in 2012. But already it feels like we are in the thick of it. Any news magazine or, or news broadcast or newspaper, does anyone read newspapers anymore? There's a few of you. Anyone not know what a newspaper is? One day there's going to be more of those people than there are that read it. But no matter where you turn, we all see names like Rand Paul and Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush and others. And with the campaign process already in, in full steam and, and being here in this city, I'm reminded of the famous speech by the late President John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy, at his inauguration on January 20, 1961, delivered a very famous speech. And, and there is a very famous line from within that speech. Ask not what your country can do for you. You heard this before? but ask what you can do for your country. What would happen if we asked a similar question in our lives? Ask not what God can do for us, but what we can do for God. You know, that's one of the things we're trying to teach our kids, my boys. We're trying to teach them that, that prayers are not just about, dear God, please, 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 but also to be able to say, thank you, God, thank you, God, and how can I be a blessing to you, God? Well, when President Kennedy made that statement, when he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, President Kennedy didn't make that statement as a tool of guilt. He was not using that phrase to try to guilt people into becoming active within their country. Rather, he wanted to, he wanted to, to, to poke at their, their love for their country. He wanted to, to, to develop, wanted to remind them of their appreciation for their country, for living here in the United States. He wanted them to respond by, yes, I love my country, and therefore I want to know what I can do to bless my country, what I can do to say thank you to my country. 
We don't ask God what we can do for you, God, in order to earn salvation. It's not a question of guilt. We don't ask God the question in, in order, in hoping that we would somehow get more stars in our crown. But we ask this question to God because it is an appropriate question to ask one who has given us so much. God, you have given me so much. You have given us so much. What can I give to you? What can I give to you? And as you might have guessed by my opening illustration about General Houston, today we are talking about finances. We are talking about finances. Now some may say, didn't we just talk about money three weeks ago? Yes, we talked about money three weeks ago. We talked specifically about tithe, and then the last two weeks we talked about how we can give ourselves to God through our services and through our witness and by being involved. But some may say, well, if we talked about money three weeks ago, why are we talking about finances again? I want to share a little something with you that maybe some of you did not know. We are, you know this part, I think, we are Seventh-day Adventists. Our name means, the first part, Seventh Day, means we are people that believe in honoring the Seventh-day Sabbath of the Lord God, keeping it holy, coming together and worshiping on that day, honoring that day and recognizing as a reminder of our Lord as our Creator and our Savior. The second part of our name, Adventist, speaks to the fact that we are a people that are living in anticipation of the second coming. It is part of our name, it is part of who we are. Did you know that Jesus mentions finances and addresses the topic of money more times, Jesus, more times than he speaks of the second coming or the Sabbath combined? We are Seventh-day Adventists, yes, and these are important things, but, but Jesus himself mentions the topic of money more times than even mentioning the second coming. So it seems like an appropriate subject to talk about. I will say this, though. This will be the last time that you have to hear me talk about money until the next time that I talk about money. <laughs> Whenever that may be. Now, I want to pause here and throw in the sidebar that I always throw in and whenever I speak about finances. I can talk about money openly and honestly. I can talk about finances and I can implore and encourage us all to give faithfully and all to give out of thanksgiving to God without any agenda to myself. I can do it honestly and openly because there is no agenda in it for myself. I can say that because no matter what you return to God, no matter what you return to God through your tithes, or no matter what you give to God in thankfulness, there is not a single penny of it that, that will go to inflating my pocket even larger. My salary is set, it is what it is. I don't get paid one cent more. If you, pay, if you, get, if you return to God $200,000 or give $200,000, my salary is still the same. If you, if you give God $10 million, then my salary is still the same, which is a wonderful system that we work in because it gives us the freedom to talk openly and honestly about money. They also have set our salaries at a low enough rate that none of us are gonna get rich off of being a preacher. Amen to that? The treasurer of the North American Division is nodding. <laughs> He's not getting rich off of it either. None of us are. So we are talking about finances today, and more specifically, we are talking about plus one. Plus one. What, is, what does plus one mean? 
Well, to understand plus one, we first have to look at three weeks ago. We have to look, think about our sermon that we, that we had three weeks ago. If you weren't here three weeks ago, I made a challenge to this church to start returning a faithful tithe to God. To start returning a faithful tithe to God. A faithful tithe is 10% of what God gives to us. Not 9.4% or 9.6% or 9.8% or 9.9%. A faithful tithe is 10% of what God gives to us. So if I have $100, a faithful tithe would be what? Are some of you not sure? We need to go easier. If I have $10, a faithful tithe would be what? Okay, I held up my finger. You guys are still a little subtle tonight. A faithful tithe would still be $1. Any way we take it, 10% is 10%. Tithe is always 10%. Anyways, we made that challenge a few weeks ago for, for us to start giving faithfully to tithe, each and every one of us. And can I say this? I don't see your names. I don't see who is given, but I already see God moving in y'all to do this. I see this because in the last four weeks, our tithe has been nearly double what has been in any week previously in the year. Amen? Amen. So we praise the Lord for, for God convicting you of this to, to be faithful in this manner. So what is the one plus one? Well, it is based on the teaching in Scripture of what is known as free will off offerings. Tithe in the Bible is spoken of in terms of, of bringing and taking and presenting or even paying our tithes. The Bible teaches that you don't give your tithes, but rather you return to God what is already his. In the Bible times, paying tithe was not something that was optional. It was not something that, that people just said, well, I'm going to do that this week. I'm not going to do it this week. The Israelites play, paid tithe out of obedience, whether they felt like it or not. They were obedient to God, and therefore they paid tithe. But the Bible also emphasizes another type of, of financial stewardship in the Bible, and that is known as the free will offerings. You can hear about, read about the free will offerings in several places in the Bible, in Leviticus 22 or in Numbers 15 or in Deuteronomy chapter 12. This morning, though, we're going to start in Exodus chapter 35. In Exodus chapter 35, we're going to read a text about the free will offerings. You see, God called Moses and asked him to do some specific projects, commanded him to do some specific projects on, on God's behalf. And Exodus chapter 35 and verse 29 tells us how God expected or how God desired for these projects to be completed, to be fulfilled. Exodus chapter 35 and verse 29. The children of Israel brought a free will offering to the Lord. All the men and all the women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work which the Lord by the hand of Moses had commanded to be done. Moses had received a command for certain things to be done and now God is going to, Moses is going to see those things accomplished as God impresses upon people's hearts to give through the free will offering. God didn't say you have to be a part of making this happen. God gave people the opportunity. The verse says, all the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work which the Lord, by the hand of Moses, had commanded to be done. The command was for tithe. Tithe really, in my belief, shouldn't be an option for the one who says, I am a Christian, a follower of Christ. But beyond that, there was the opportunity for voluntary contributions. In some ways, in some ways, in my personal view, 
the free will offerings to me demonstrate more the true spirit of giving, the sacrificial gift, the 10%. God commands me to do that. But now in the free will offerings, God says, all this 90% is yours. What are you going to do with it? And in that, my heart is stirred. How, how, does, how can I use this to further bless God, which, which to me is more the true spirit of giving, the sacrificial spirit? These free will offerings were in fact gifts to God. They were gifts of thanksgiving to God. And much of God's work we see in the Old Testament and in the scriptures was facilitated through these free will gifts. When the temple needed to be built, it was based on the free will gifts. When the temple needed to be rebuilt, it was based on the free will gifts of the people. In Ezra chapter one, verses two through six, we read about this. All the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of this place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the freewill offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Verse 5. Then the heads of the fathers, the houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all whose spirits God had moved arose to go up and build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all those who were around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with precious linings and all was willingly offered. We today exist and survive as a church in much the same way. As people willingly offer their free will gifts to God. The Bible teaches in Malachi chapter three, Malachi chapter three, that not giving an honest tithe 10% is robbing God. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes. How much is a tithe, folk? 10%. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. The offerings spoken of here are the first fruit offerings which were a part of the tithe collection. But what we're talking today is about a free will offering. An offering of thankfulness. You see, you see tithe is to return to God in faithfulness what belongs to him. The offerings are to return to God in thankfulness, saying thank you for what he has given us. We're faithful with our tithe. We're faithful with our tithe, with our 10%. We're grateful, we're thankful with our offerings. It starts with faithfulness, and then God grows us into thankfulness. So we give our tithe out of recognition of God being Lord of our lives, and then we say thank you for the many blessings he has given us, to us. I believe that there are many that sometimes just give the 10% and believe that that is it. We're done. Don't get me wrong. For some, especially if you've never given tithe before, this amount may be at this time all that one can give. But as we grow in our relationship with God, there should be this sense of growing of of thankfulness as well. It shouldn't stop with that 10%, but it should grow in a spirit of thankfulness. 
You know, the longer I'm married, the more times I say thank, thank you to my wife. Anyone else have that? Man, when I think of, I spend, I spend every Thursday with my three boys, and I love them to death. Well, two of them, because one of them is at Spencerville Academy, and I thank Spencerville Academy for watching one of them, because if I had all three of them, I may be really gray and really bald really quick. But I spent, and I, every, every single Thursday, I think to myself, man, my wife is a great blessing. Thank you to God for her patience and her sacrifice with these kids. Now, don't get me wrong, I love my kids, but man, she just has a gift. Six out of seven days a week, amazing. When we give in offerings, we are saying thank you to God. Thank you for the abundant blessings. Maybe those blessings are monetary. Maybe God's blessed you financially, and so you give to say thank you financially. Maybe God has blessed you emotionally, and so you give to say thank you for God's blessings emotionally. Maybe God's blessed you with a wonderful family like, like I've been blessed with, and you give to say thank you for that wonderful family. Maybe God's blessed you with a great job. Maybe it's not a job that's gonna make you rich or give you a lot of money, but you're still grateful to have that job. You enjoy your job. You like your job, and so you say, you say thank you to God with your gifts. Maybe you're just thankful that you got to wake up this morning, and so you say to God, I'm grateful that, that you woke me up this morning and have given me another day of life, and so I wanna say thank you in a tangible way. Throughout history, God has used these thanksgiving offerings, these, these offerings of thanks and gratefulness to further his work. We, in like manner, depend upon your gratitude and your thankfulness to further the work of God within this community. For instance, just as the people gave free will offerings to rebuild the temple and to build and to rebuild the temple at God's direction, so too, we've asked for the free will offerings to pay down the debt for our school, to build a school and then to pay down the debt for the school. There is nowhere in the Bible where it says, and you shall give to pay for Spencerville Adventist Academy. I have not found that verse yet. If you found it, you let me know. I will definitely preach on it. But I have not found it. But we ask. We ask because like we read in Ezra or Leviticus or Exodus, we ask the people to respond in thankfulness to God and help us to support this mission. But it goes beyond just the school structure. It goes, it goes into what, was, what is done within the, the walls of that structure. I appreciate the offering appeal this morning, a wonderful job as she testified to what she's learning. So I testified to what she is learning at Spencerville Adventist Academy. We believe in Adventist education. We believe that as a church, God calls us to support Adventist education. We believe we receive this counsel. The, uh, in, in the writings, in the book, Child Guidance, it says, let all share the expense. Let the church see that those that ought to receive its benefits are attending the school. The churches in different localities should feel that a solemn responsibility rests upon them to train youth and educate talent to engage in missionary work. Let a fund be created by generous contributions for the establishment of schools, for the advancement of educational work. Let us do all in our power to make our schools a blessing to our youth. We believe we've received the counsel to make Adventist education a priority. And so we as a church give, not, not just to the, the paying down of the debt, but, but we also give to the running of that school, $150,000. We step out in faith each year and commit to the operation of Spencerville Adventist Academy. She says that, that we should make every effort to make sure that all of our young people have the opportunity to receive the benefits of going to that school. And so each year we make a commitment to give in tuition assistance. This year we are giving over $60,000 
to assist students to attend that school who would otherwise not have the opportunity to attend. So roughly $210,000 this past year, the church steps out in faith. And the reason why it is a step of faith, because the only way that this is paid for is if our members will give offerings saying thanks to God. We'll say thanks to God. You all budget on your your salary that you know what it is, what it is pretty much guaranteed. We budget on faith. We budget on faith, saying thank you to God for how you're going to move on the hearts of the people so that we can say thank you. All of this isn't covered under tithe. This $210,000 isn't covered under tithe. So it is a faith step. We believe that God calls us to assist those in need. Besides the 60,000 plus that we give to, uh, to help those that are in need of, of Adventist education, we believe God calls us to assist folk in other tangible ways. When out of work or in crisis, we believe that God calls us as a church to step in and assist people in, in tangible and real ways. This, this last winter, as some of you know, was an extremely cold winter. Anyone aware of that besides me? It was an extremely cold winter. I've been told by, I think, every single Marylander. And I just want to tell you folks, I'm not going anywhere. I've had people write me like, please don't leave us. It's not normally this cold. God made it abundantly clear that this is where we're supposed to be. And so we're, you're stuck with us. But... Um, no matter what the, the temperature gets. We may not come out of our house ever, but you're stuck with us here in Maryland. But, but in that abundance of cold, we, we assisted people, individuals with, with their electric bills. Someone's electric, uh, or, or uh, HVAC broke in the middle of winter, and we helped to, to cover the cost of that because it was nine degrees outside. The church has assisted individuals in getting their cars fixed so that they could get to work, or even find a job to work. Groceries for families, thousands of dollars every year. But I believe, I believe that we are not doing enough and that God wants us to do even more to help people, which will take more resources. I was struck by the, by the heart of my son, Landon. All of you have heard me, as I even did this morning, make jokes about the cold weather, all of you have heard me complain about it and lament it even from up here in the front. But on one of the days when it was the most cold, my son Landon got in the car and he said to me, hey daddy, can we go give blankets to poor people? I said, buddy, I, what blanket are we gonna give him? He said, well, I'll give him my blanket. I said, buddy, I, I appreciate, you know, my heart starts being like, oh man, I'm not supposed to say no to something like this. I'm supposed to say yes to something like this. And then I was even more convicted because that night as we were praying, Landon's prayer was this. Dear Jesus, please help the poor people to have blankets so that they won't be cold tonight. And I thought to myself, that's the heart I want. And that's the heart that I want our church to have as well. And I couldn't help but feeling convicted that, that I should be the answer to that prayer and that, and that on a broader scale, our church should be the answer to that prayer. Jesus said, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. 
I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you in prison or, or sick and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Folks, I believe we need to be doing more in this area. Y'all, your free will offerings allow the work for the least of these to move forward. Without your offerings, without our offerings, these aspects of ministry do not go forward in the same way because they are not covered under our tithe. Tithe we return because God is Lord of our lives and he calls all Christians to return 10%. But there are times when God says, I like for the work to go further and even go forward in even a stronger manner, but I need you all to give, God says to us. I need you all to give as you feel directed in your hearts. God calls us to do evangelism. God calls us to, to make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, the Bible tells us, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Matthew 28. Evangelism is, is who we are. We are to be a people proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. We are to be a people telling others that Jesus loves them, that Jesus has a place that he's preparing for them. When I got here, there was no evangelism number built into our budget. But our church board felt that this should be more of a priority. They felt that, that reaching people should be more of a priority, and they knew my heart because God has never allowed me to forget how lonely it is to feel lost. So my heart's desire is that no one has to feel that feeling ever again. But it takes resources to do that. And so our board stepped out in faith and, and voted $35,000 towards evangelism this year, evangelistic efforts. I say this as an act of faith because that is not money that was previously built into the budget. That was money that, that, that they stepped out in faith and they, they set aside for such things. It is an extra expense. But our board wants us to be proactive about using more of our resources to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ and his soon coming. This ministry is supported by the free will offerings that give, you give to the church budget. It's not supported by tithe. Tithe does not cover this. Some years this offering is going to maybe may be better than others. The key though is not sitting at 10% and thinking there is nothing else we can do. We always have a reason to say thank you to God for something in our lives, amen? At times God calls us to give more than at other times. The amount varies on the seasons of our life. Several years ago, prior to kids, Christine and I had a season of financial abundance. We had a season of financial abundance. We actually had one child at the time, Dayton. And as God blessed us, we felt compelled to give more and more, to say thank you to God. 
We gave the largest percentage. We returned tithe, of course, and then we gave the largest percentage of our free will offerings to the church, but we had opportunity, we found, to give to other things. We gave to some of Christina's coworkers who were going on a mission trip like we saw these 60 individuals up here are doing. We gave to, 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 to help pay for a kid to attend one of our Adventist schools. Christina gave to our alma mater to help build the nursing building at Southern Adventist University. We gave to, to several other major causes because God just, as we just went along, we just found that God kept giving us opportunity to give more and more. And at the same time we were giving this money, we also paid off all of my student loans. And Southern Adventist University ain't cheap, y'all. Paid off all of my student loans and we paid off our car debt as well. And it was this weird, wonderful feeling to be able to say, God, here's more, here's more. And at the same time, like the Skittles, there was more and more Skittles where we were saying, now we're paying off our debt too. It was just this wonderful blessing. And we got to the end of the year and I was doing our taxes and I discovered that after returning our tithe, I had also given away 100% minus 3% of my salary. And we were totally fine. We were totally fine. We'd never been able to live on only one salary. And yet God did that for us in that season. It was a season in which we were able to just keep saying thanks to God through a specifically high numerical number. But we've had seasons where we've not been able to just keep saying thanks on that numerical level, but on a much smaller scale. Years like now, years like now where we are saying thanks to God for allowing Christina to be a stay-at-home mom six out of seven days a week. And we praise the Lord for that. Without her salary, we can't say thanks at such a large numeric number, but we still can say thank you every single day for what God has done for us. We can still say thank you every single day for the blessings that God has given us. How on earth are we able to move to a place that is way more expensive to live than Central California? It is way more expensive to live. And yet, Christina only has to work one day a week rather than three or four days a week. Only by the grace of God and the generosity of God's people. We praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. There are seasons of life when the numeric number is large and there are seasons of life when the numeric number may not be so large. But we shouldn't get discouraged because it's not about the specific number. We don't want to miss the point. It is about the thankfulness of our heart. The thankfulness of our heart. Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and Jesus said to them, assuredly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury for they all put out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood her whole life she out of her poverty put in all that she had it wasn't about the number it was about what was taking place in the heart whatever season of life you're in whether it's a large number or a small number the point is is that we all need to be saying thank you in some tangible way Churches go through seasons as well. Some seasons are more abundance more abundant than others. The key again is not the amount that all of us are still saying thanks to God. The key is not the amount, but that all of us are still saying thanks to God through our free will offerings. The danger is this. The danger is this is when there is not abundance in the church and the reason there is not abundance in the church 
is because no one is saying thank you. That's when it's dangerous. When we say, well, we kept this budget really tight, we're doing really good, and yet no one's saying thank you. That's not a good thing. The Bible teaches that God calls all Christians to return tithe. But I believe that God desires each one of us to all say thank you as well. Tithe is faithfulness. And as we grow in our faithfulness, we become even more thankful and we give of our offerings, which are a step of thankfulness. We start with faithfulness and we grow into thankfulness. So this morning I want to put before you another challenge. Last three weeks ago I challenged you to be faithful in paying your tithes, and I don't want you to stop that. That's, that's where you start. If some of you right now are not being faithful in paying your tithes, you start with that 10%. Make that commitment to be faithful in paying your tithes to God, that 10%. But I wanna extend a softer challenge. This is a challenge to pray about and see what God is convicting you to give freely. It is a challenge for you to examine the thankfulness of your heart, to examine the thankfulness of your heart. Maybe you never thought about free will offerings in this way. Maybe you've only thought about offerings from the extent of, I look at the bulletin, oh, it looks like we're gonna make budget this week, I don't need to give anything. Don't raise your hands, but I know there's people that do that. Or there's people that say, you know what, it looks like we're not gonna make budget this week, I better, we're a long ways away from making budget, I better give an extra amount this week. I don't want us to think about our free will offerings in the context of a number. You know, we have 3.4 million still to pay down that school. I better give a little extra here or there. I don't want us to think about our offerings in the context of that debt. I want us to give out of an expression of thankfulness to, through, uh, to God for what he has done in our lives. If you have a hard time with this, go home and don't write down a number. Start writing down everything that you are thankful for and then put a number value next to it. How much are your children worth? How much is, is the, the fact that God has restored your marriage or given you, you a blessed spouse, how much is that worth? How much is it worth that, that you have a dry uh, a roof over your head that keeps you dry? Can you put a number on these things? I, I can't personally do it. My kids are invaluable. So the more God asks me to give, the more I wanna give. Thankfulness. How much is this all worth to us? Not about the number, folks. It's about saying thank you to God. So I want us to examine our thankfulness. Maybe you've never thought about the free will offerings in this way. I titled this sermon Plus One. This is just because some folk, when I preached on money in the past, I've talked about giving free will to, to God and I've had people come up, so pastor, what do you want us to do? You know, some of you are type A. You want a directive. Some of you just nod your head. In this church, there might be more that are that way. Intimidating group you are. So for some of you, the challenge might be plus 1%. Plus 1%. Maybe you've been giving your tithe, but you've never given one cent towards offerings. Maybe God's asking you to give 1%. Start out with 1%. Maybe some of you have been giving and you've been at that same number for a long time and you said, you know what, as I look back at my life, there's so many blessings that have occurred. 
I need to be stretched even further. And God may be asking you to give one more percent than he has in the past. Honestly, the plus one might just be that I'm going to set aside a dollar a day for these offerings. I'm going to set aside a dollar a day for the local church budget, or I'm going to set aside a dollar a day for the, for the school building. Maybe it's a dollar a week or, or a dollar a month to say thank you to God. Maybe your plus one is I'm going to, I'm going to go to Taco Bell minus one more time this week. Maybe your, your, your one is I'm going to have one less Starbucks coffee this week. I know none of you drink coffee. But if you do, can I tell you this? I just read this the other day. That the average coffee drinker consumer in America spends $1,100 to $2,400 on coffee a year. Can you believe that? Quit drinking coffee, give more offerings, and be healthier all at the same time. It's a win-win, folks. It is a win-win. Maybe your plus one isn't a plus one. Maybe God is calling you to go to a plus two or a plus five or a plus 18%, whatever it is. This week's challenge is to ask the question, am I saying thank you to God in a real and tangible way? In a real and tangible way. Is that being reflected in every area of my life? In my prayer life, am I saying thank you to God? In my devotional life, am I spending the time with God to say thank you to God? In my service to God, am I saying thank you to God through my service and through my activities? In my witnessing, am I so thankful to God that I'm compelled to share with someone else about his goodness and his grace and his mercy? And am I in my finances, in my pocketbook? Has my pocketbook been baptized with thankfulness as well? I want to challenge you to this. You'll pull out your connection cards now. Should have had one of these in your bulletin, and we talked about it earlier. Fred, just come on down. If anyone didn't get one, I want to ask everyone to raise their hand because you're going to want to raise your hand because there's something else specifically I want to share with you on this. There on the back, my response to today's sermon is, I accept the plus one challenge. And if you feel comfortable with this, this is just between you and me, no one else is going to see this, just between you and I, but if you feel comfortable with this, if God's convicting you of something right now, I'd love to hear what it is so I can pray specifically for that. God's impressing me to give one more dollar a week. God's impressing me, like you said, Pastor, to, to, to not drink so much Starbucks, and so I need, I need your help in that. That's, that's whatever Starbucks costs. I've never had coffee in my life. I don't say that to make me sound better. I have had Coca-Cola Classic, so just so, you know, don't judge me, all right? I was once going through a fast food line and I ordered a soda and my son Landon, who prayed for the poor people, began to pray, Jesus, please help daddy to stop drinking soda. <laughs> you wanna talk about conviction. <laughs> so I accept the plus one challenge and maybe God's impressing upon you on something. I wanna be able to pray for you, pray for that. Maybe you don't know right now, but later in the week, God will impress you. I know what my plus one challenge is. I'd love to hear that. Write me, chad.stewart at spencervillesda.org. I'd love to hear from you what your plus one challenge is that God is convicting you of. 
But I want, I want you to turn in this card. For one, so I can pray for you as you accept this challenge. Two, so I can thank God for, for what he's doing in your heart and in your life. And I want to thank God for you and how you make it possible for us to do ministry within this church. And three, I want to be able to send you something. There's a book that I've read that's been a blessing to me in my life. It's a small little book that's, that's helped me in my understanding of giving and generosity towards God. And I would love to send that book to you just to say thank you to you and that it may be a blessing to you and help you in your journey towards, towards financial blessing to God. So I want to send you that book. So if you'll just uh, check that box and put that there. And maybe you're in here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I just started the tithe I have no idea how I can get to the extra plus one. Well, you know what? Praise God for your faithfulness. That's where it starts, with faithfulness. If you check that box as well, or even if you don't check that box, if you just say, God, I pre I, 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 Pastor Chad, I'm not ready to commit to this, but I still like that book, guess what? I'm still gonna send you that book. You don't even have to check the box. If you just put it down there, let me know. I will st still send you that book, because I want everyone to be blessed by this book as well. So go ahead, check that off. We're gonna turn these in at the back door. I pray that God will move upon each one of our hearts to convict us, to convict us to rejoice and celebrate all that God does, to be thankful in every area that God has chosen to bless us. And I pray that, that we will learn not to be a church that gives based on a number, but that we will be a church that learns to give based on a thankfulness to Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your many blessings. They are bountiful indeed. Lord, we thank you for the way that you pour out those blessings, whether they be financially, spiritually, emotionally, professionally, personally, relationally. Lord, the blessing that we are just able to wake up and be here today. I thank you for those blessings. Lord, I pray that you will make my heart more and more grateful each and every day. Lord, and may we be a church that will testify of your gratefulness, of our gratefulness to you through our free will offerings. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.